Hello and welcome, or welcome back, uh, to We're Not Singing Anymore. This is three of us, three mates, all in different parts of the country, all locked down in isolation. We have a passion for football, but also a passion for music, be that soul, blues, rock and roll, country, gospel, you name it. We've got no gigs to go to. We've also got no matches to go to. So every week we get together and rather than just talk and moan and groan about life in isolation, we come, we pick a theme and we come armed with a story or a memory or just something to, to laugh at. And in this particular half, we talk about uh, music because the pods are split into two, two halves and they're published in two halves. This one is about music and uh, we all always bring a track to illustrate the story we're going to tell. And in fact, at, uh, at the end, and if you uh, find the podcast uh, online, you'll find there should be a link to Spotify where there's a three track playlist that goes with this week's uh, topic. So we're here to talk about music and uh, well, let's get going. Okay, so here we are. Um, we're not singing anymore. It's the twentieth of April. Uh, we're in our second uh, second half. May. Sorry to correct you, May. Oh, May, May. Correct, it's May. No, it I, just... know, I know. It's, I know. Lockdowns like dragging on, but <laughs> it's getting on the ball, isn't it? It's getting to me. It's getting to me. Yeah, I think it's more Charlie being on the ball, really. It is. It's all over it. All over um, for the first week in God knows how long, we're, we're not announcing the death of any uh, any artist, either through COVID or any other purpose. So, so um, which is which is nice because we've had we've had too many of those. Um, and the theme is uh, hidden gem, hidden gem. So this anybody's listening to this might just. Uh, might just pick up on a, an artist or a record or an album. I'm not sure what we've all done that uh, that might give them something to explore. If 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 indeed it's hidden to them. So, um, so we'll take a brief uh, synopsis of of what we're all going to talk about. I'll I'll kick off. Uh, mine's simply a a, a deadly du- a deadly duo uh, who recorded on a classic label. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, mine's, mine's a, an Irish veteran, veteran in terms of age, who um, is, is history in, in, in the mists of folk, uh, and become probably a little bit like an Irish John Prime. Okay. Oh, oh that'd be... Yeah, I look forward to that's, that that's one. My, that's my assessment. That's your take on it. Yeah. Charles? And mine is Tempters. Uh, or few words. Sorry, could you say that again? Because I was talking all over you. I do apologize. My, mine is a song with few words. A song with few words. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right. Well, let me get let me get us started with this this hidden gem. And I'm absolutely total, <coughs> totally totally. Uh, I'm 100% indebted to Charles for this, as I am in many of my musical proclivities, uh, whatever the word is. Um, but this one certainly, without without Charlie, I don't think I'd have, I'd have stumbled across this at all. Um, and I'm going to play a track of theirs uh, in a minute. Uh, this record 
was uh, also covered by Otis Reddy, Wilson Pickett, Sam and Dave, Barbara Lynn, Gino Washington, and a few more besides. There's the ones that, that, that I'd heard of. But I've heard quite a number of those. I don't think any of them is as good as what I'm about to play for you right now. I don't know if Charlie's got any clues. He doesn't have to shout it out if he doesn't. But any any thoughts, Charles? No? Mm, no, no. Right, here we go then. Morrison Mack. Morris and Mack. You Morris. left the water running. You left the water running. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Morris and Mack. Morris McAllister and uh, McLaurin Green. They were. I knew nothing about them. It's, it's uh, other than I've got a couple of their records. I've actually got um, a couple of vinyl uh, 45s that, uh, that they bought me from work. Can you believe it? So one of the girls went out to a, an old vintage record store, bought for my birthday one of their one of their tracks, and also a record by the Radiance. And the Radiance were the original band that uh, that uh, that Morris and Mac uh, were in 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 19, uh, 1966. Uh, now you might know more about these than than me, Charlie. So do do feel the chip in if if, if I missed anything. But the Radiance. Um, were composed like many of the, the bands of those, sorry, the soul groups of that of that time, uh, came from the, started out of the Greater Harvest Baptist Church Youth Choir. <laughs> and uh, they emerged from that, located in Chicago. And there were, uh, there was Morris McAllister, um, a guy called Leonard Caston. Come across him, Charles. Oh, I, I think he might be an arranger. He, he, he is, yes. I think you're right. He is. Best records. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've got a little bit of information about him later on, and, oh, I, right. and I think right. he did go on to do to do certain things. I think that what's interesting here is not only their hidden gem, and I would go out anybody and try and, and, and explore some of their, their their recordings. But what fascinated me when I started doing the investigation investigation into them was the the sort of record business and how that how it sort of operated mm. uh, back then and that's almost as for me as fascinating a story as, as them themselves so so there was uh, there was McAllister uh, McLaurin Green Morris and Mac and then Leonard Caston they were they were three of uh, uh, of the Radiance um, and they sort of the general view there was you know they 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 deserve better you know they they sort of 
they, they brought out some great songs, but they never really troubled the charts that much. Um, and there were various editions of the Radiance uh, over time. Initially a quintet, then a quartet, then a trio, then a back, then a back to a quartet, then it disappeared. So, so that so that was the Radiance. And in fact, when the the girls at, 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 at where I work went out to get me something, I think it was for me. 50th, I can't remember, but um, I'd, we'd been away on an, on an away day and they were all putting, come on, put something on the playlist, put something on the playlist, <laughs> they, they, they were putting all their stuff on it, and I put, um, why don't you try me tonight, by Morris and Mac, and they were all knocked out, completely knocked out, you know, where's this come from, why have I never heard this, and these were kids who were in the mid-20s and, you know, late 20s, well, I've never heard this. And one of them went out, as I say, and, and got me uh, got me that on, on vinyl and got and got me a Radiance track as well. So, you know, strong stuff. Um, and in fact, why don't you uh, why don't you try me? Was the first single, um, uh, which was the, the point is they were they were part of the Chess label. So they, I think it came out on on Checker Records, but that was a subsidiary of, of Chess. Went unnoticed. Great, absolutely fabulous uh, track. Why don't you try me tonight? That would have been my track, other than it's not on Spotify. You know, you can only, you can only sort of get it. You can go on YouTube and listen to it, yeah. but you can't download it anywhere. And it's like, this is an absolute tragedy. It's just a fantastic... How can that be? How can that not be on Spotify? How can it not be? But it's it's not. I found... I, got, I, put, I, I put a search in. And I got a German compilation. I thought, oh, it's going to be on here. Schoolboy German. And, and the upshot of it was, this is my favourite list of songs, uh, minus Morris and Mac, <laughs> <laughs> because I can't, they couldn't put it, couldn't put it together. Um, fantastic, fantastic song. Second release, got, got some acclaim, which was the one you've heard, You Left the Water Running, uh, some acclaim, no fame, and certainly no fortune. Written by our good old friend Dan Penn and Spooner Oldham and, uh, you know, recorded down at, at Muscle Shoals at the Fame Studios and all that lot. And I've just reading somebody describing it here. Um, recorded at the Fame Studios, the production is so tight that the vocals and the instrumentation literally explode from the compelling shuffling track that reaches its zenith with a gut-wrenching, Lord have mercy, near the end. <laughs> and you go, that's my sort of song. That's my sort of song. Um, but the, 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 the analysis that, that Chess did a pretty awful job of, of promoting it, and, uh, yeah. and, the, and the guys were apparently up in arms about it and fuming about it. Uh, they, 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 they had a third single, I don't know if you know it, Charlie, Lay It On Me. I don't think I've heard that, but again... Not, not uh, familiar with it. No, I say few, few people Sorry. knew about it. Um, same, brought another one out, same, dismal, dismal performance. Yeah. What happened was they moved from Checker to Chess to the parent label, and we all look at Chess label, and, you know, it's 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 a classic, classic label. They said, you know, they gigged, but they really got no support from, from Chess. There were no tours. There was nothing, nothing organised. Yeah. And... And then uh, the, the analysis that, that this guy said, chess is lauded for their recordings and should be. They whack some remarkable sides, but none of their artists enjoyed long careers and few had album releases. Neither The Radiance or Morris and Mac ever had an LP release 
on chess. And then that's just yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, no. I, I suppose their focus predominantly because I've, I've actually got a box set of um, chess rhythm and blues. Oh yeah, you're right. It's kind of like it's uh, individual individual tracks. Um, and their focus, I think, predominantly because it was their their roots was was blues music, yeah. and and the purity of that, in the sense of Muddy Waters or a little Walter or Jimmy Rogers or whoever, yeah, and Tony uh, Boy Williamson. So I, I think it was kind of almost like an adjunct. That that that's the way it, it sort of felt to me. Whereas, yeah, right place, right time, they might have signed with uh, Atlantic or yes. Stax. Yeah, and being completely different in terms of that marketing, yeah, and the the, the push behind it, I'm, I'd be pretty sure about that, and getting them on sort of tours, supporting people. Yeah, you know, but it, it, it's interesting if they were down in Fame Studios that you yeah, know, be like Jerry Wexler didn't pick them up for Atlantic or something like that. You, yeah, just and, seems and as a writer, and as a writer, yeah, absolutely, because he did, didn't he? he wrote. Uh, uh, Sugar Pie to Santos, Soulful Dress, which is a yeah. Uh, I, I only discovered googling around this thing, but cracking, cracking soul song, you know, mm. really, really good. Um, yeah, just seems like a seems like a, a shame. And and Leonard Caston went on to write and produce Eddie Kendricks, uh, two monsters keep on trucking and boogie down. So he, he always, yeah yeah he got cheesed off and just moved off in a different direction. That's really all I've got to say, really, that, that um, it's, uh, it seems such a shame, really, but, you know, fantastic, fantastic, yeah. uh, so, fantastic yeah. couple of records in there that would uh, grace anybody's collection. Get it on your playlist. Uh, get on yeah. YouTube and find Why Don't You Try Me, which many people have done, Raikou being one of them, but... Uh, uh, and me. And did I. you like to do that? Yeah, we've done it a few times in our own version. Yeah. I tell you what, as I always acknowledge, even though I think we do a pretty cool version of it, I don't think it's, it ain't as good as what these boys do. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, it'll always be a request, Jeff, at your gigs. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I if, wish I if, you, if you weren't like so much of a rock star that you don't. <laughs> Go along with that and just play your own, you know, play what yeah. you want. Yeah, I've suffered for my art, now it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's 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 me. Classic soul, that absolutely. Classic soul. Up there with the best. Absolutely, you're right there, Charles. Well, that, that, okay. the words the words I've not heard before on these pods was Charlie saying, I'm not familiar with that single <laughs> that's the first time i've heard him say that he's not familiar with that producer single musician <sighs> well it, it, it's almost rare to Tony, i'm going backwards it, it's almost rare to i mean that he's not saying well i was in his house the other week chatting yeah. to him about anyway, right shall i yes, move please. on shall i move yeah, us on let's keep us going yeah um, I'm moving on to actually just looking at my notes, what I've got here. Um, this is a, an Irishman, as I say, in the, started off with in, in folk. He's 73 yesterday, actually. 19th of May, 1947, he was born. 
Um, I've seen him a few times and always, always look forward to seeing him. He's mainly a singer, songwriter, composer, guitar, piano, mandolin, bazooki, tin whistle he's good at as well. So, you know, he's a multi-instrumentalist. He's not an accordion player though, is he? Uh, well, probably, probably could do actually. Uh, probably sure. could, probably could. And um, anyway, his, his name is Paul Brady, and it was interesting what you were saying just that no fame or fortune. Well, I mean, people have heard of Paul Brady, and, and probably people have listened a little bit, but I hardly say it's a fame that matches his talent. Um, and. You know, in a strange sort of way, he's probably made, I don't know, maybe not a fortune, but he's made quite a lot of money, I would have thought, on the songs that he's written. Not necessarily writing for other people, but other people have decided to, to cover. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure he's got a good, good, good old pension going, really, there. Good. Um, still performing, still, still uh, out and about. Mainly in Ireland, I think now. I've not seen him over over the waters in a few years, really. Um, but he started off in in Irish folk, so like people like Andy Irving, Matt, Matt Malloy, and then he he moved into a band called Planksty, other Johnsons, and then a, an Irish folk band called Planksty. Is Matt is Matt Malloy's is that a chieftain's fella? Or am I thinking the other that's Pad no oh, no, sorry. And I, I don't think it's, it's no. that one, is it? No. Um but since Blankstein disbanded in about nineteen seventy-five, he's he's been doing his own own thing, really. Band band members come and go, I suppose, but um but generally he's been uh, been doing his own thing and I've seen him, you know, equally good on his own acoustic has been with a with a band as well um but i think it's songwriting where you know it's probably his forte and that that come you know makes me make a, a like like into john prine in a way is it worth uh, listening to something yeah no let's uh let's let's listen to a, a track yeah <laughs> Probably made his most of his money, if not fortune, with uh, with people 
taking his songs. Um, famously with Bonnie Ray, he, he wrote the title I'll track on Look of the Draw. Another couple of songs on that album as well. Um, covered by Santana, Dave Edmonds, um, and I know Bob Dylan speaks very, very highly of him. I'm mean, sufficiently impressed with his work to to name check him in the booklet of his 1985 box set biograph. And I've got the actual quote here that was, people get too famous too fast these days and it destroys them. Some guys got it down. Leonard Cohen, Paul Brady, Lou Reed. Wow. They're secret heroes of, of Dylan. Um, John Prine, David Allen Coe, Tom Waits. So That's certainly in Pretty lofty in Dylan, company, that, isn't it? In Dylan's thinking is, um, is right up there. So like a lot of these hidden gems, yeah. they're steeped in in history and collaborations with people who probably and certainly aren't hidden gems. So what is it? What is that? Because there's no doubt that you look at somebody who's earned a fortune and got fame, one corner, another one in another corner, for me, Paul Brady. What's that? What is the difference there? Any ideas, any thoughts on on what takes somebody from um, uh, from from that? to a household name, maybe, or, or fame and fortune. I don't know. I don't know. Other, other than luck, opportunity. Well, yeah, but, yeah, I, I, I suspect, I suspect there's more of a big, a, a, a getting that one break in music than there is in football. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think you need luck in football and you need to be in the right team, right coach, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, if you're, you know, if you're Mark Knopfler and you 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 bring out your first album and it's got Sultans of Swing on it and suddenly it's all over the radio because yeah. it sounds different, then suddenly you're you're on a different track all all of all of a sudden. Mm. Uh, and I, so I think it probably does swing a bit more. I don't know also whether whether there's a a choice thing, you know. It's almost like they're two different jobs, isn't it? Two two very very different jobs. I mean, being a professional footballer is a, is is one job. Professional musician isn't. So, you know, you might say, I don't want to be touring around the world, fronting up a band. But what I do want to do, if I can make, if I can earn a good living, writing songs for people who do that stuff. You know, I, I think there might maybe there are different choices. Let's put it put it that way. I think uh, with um, people like like Paul Brady, that they would be doing the uh, the folk circuit and writing songs, uh, probably in the in the hope, but not expectation that they would be picked up. Situation with Bonnie Raitt was really the was. Bonnie, Bonnie Raitt was the one who benefited and he's probably just as well pleased by that because mm. right. it means that he can he can go on and do uh, what he prefers to do yeah. um, and dip in and dip out if it comes, comes to touring mm. you know that, that kind of thing I think it is quite often right place and, and right time and 
you know, the right person who's got like, oh, I know somebody in a record company or a publishing house. I'll let them have a listen to it and all the rest of it. Then you have the other side of it, which is we've played, oh, was it a couple of times ago when Millie Small died? Yeah. My boy Lollipop, that's it. Yeah. She recorded but she was a household name. And even, you know, dying at, uh, uh, at 73 and not really doing anything since that time, chart-wise or exposure time, yet, boom, there she is. She, she's in music history. <laughs> also, I also remember um, listening to a Ry Cooder interview, I think, probably when you sent me, Charlie, about about that time when he was be get rhythm maybe or pop till you drop or yes. whatever, and the the, the and, and the label is saying, look, we need videos, we need you need to be on MTV, da da da, and he he struck lucky with Vin Vendors. He did the the music soundtrack to Paris, Texas, wasn't it? And and he actually said it's great because doing film scores allows me to. Do what I want in, in the rest of my yeah. career because that's where the money. Yeah. That's where the money. Comes, that's where the money yeah. comes from, and therefore I can. I don't have to make pop records that hit the chart. Yeah. I just make what yeah. I want. I, I remember, uh, oh, well, reading and I've seen stuff where Randy Newman's talking about doing soundtrack music. So you know he's, he's contracted at different stages to for his own personal uh, recording contract and producer stuff but what he enjoyed most was just getting in his car driving down to the sound stage you know on a on a film uh, film studio full orchestra and getting in there and doing that oh, yeah. doing his bit then going home and having his tea <laughs> yeah, yeah. well to be fair you know different stroke, different folks i guess i guess yeah Randy Newman walks in and says, wow, look at this, fantastic. What a chance to do something wonderful. You know, X, Y, Z walks in and says, am I paying for all this lot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be the case, wouldn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Know, if, you, if you're the star, you're paying for that lot. That's, that's this has got to work. Whereas if you, yeah. you're Randy Newman, you're just going in and enjoying it. And taking yeah, it. yeah. So I think that I think it'll be quite a complex thing, Tony, is what I guess I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's an interesting argument, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, good though. But um, any particular album before we move on to Charlie? Any particular um, albums? Anybody's thinking? Oh, Paul Brady. I've not. I don't really know him. Where would you go? Spirit, Spirit Colliding. Spirit Colliding. Yeah. yeah. Um, look at the draw. Uh, have a look at have a look at those two. But, yeah. um, Charlie, then. Right, uh, my song or hidden gem mm -hmm. is called "Only a Rose" by Garant Watkins, and it's from an album that he released in two thousand and four called "Dial W for Watkins." I think the W must stand for Watkins. I worked that out. Um, now it's it's a very simple song. Uh, but I find it captivating, and because it's so simple, I think that's the that's the attraction, and it's it can be an earworm for me, oh, wow. yeah. Um, and it's just I, I think just a perfect tune. the The funny thing about it is that it's got very few lyrics, um, and it, 
to my mind, it's a, it's a case of less is more. Um, and essentially, it's, it's, the lyrics are like this. Only a rose, only a rose, only a rose for my darling. Repeat. <laughs> then, she was my pride and joy. She was my everything. Repeat. Then it goes back to only a rose, only a rose, right? Now, that sounds the way I'm just saying it. Uh, but the, the musical backdrop, it was just so simple. It's just a, a guitar with a little bit of reverb on it. And there's an accordion uh, and maybe a harmonium. And uh, maybe it's a pump organ. Uh, I don't know, but it's, it's just, it's, it's so low key. And there it is. It's, it's right in front of you. you. You can't escape the song. It lasts for three minutes, 45 seconds. And I think if, if you were sitting in a pub and you didn't, you know, and you were sat there, it was quiet, and you, and that, that came on, the, like the pub's system or whatever, and you're reading your paper, you might go, like, mm, and you'd start, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd get it. It's, it's an instant hook. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, just, uh, it's just classic for me. Now, interestingly, it's, it, coming back to what you were saying about uh, Bob Dylan, Tony, uh, it's a favourite of Bob Dylan's, and he used it on one of his theme time radio uh, shows when he was the theme was uh, was flowers. So oh, easy wow! Um, and wh what I like about it is he is Bob Dylan, renowned as a wordsmith, mystifying lyrics that people have been trying to analyse for decades, and he appreciates the sheer simplicity of the lyrics and maybe the singer. Just simply for, forlorn, lost love, no suggestion of getting it back, it's done. thoughts there Jeff uh, you know if somebody wanted to do like an uh, a tentative open mic yes uh, thing that that would be a good starting point as you know few few words to remember and and uh, the simplicity of the, of the song but it's it's gorgeous yeah this is absolutely gorgeous and uh, and it's funny because um you say about if you just heard it in the pub I remember playing it in the in the car and uh, Julie playing Oh, this is what's this? You know, what is this? And it's that <laughs> simplicity that that does it. Yeah, 
Um, I think I think the next time she she said something like, "You know, when you've got so new a new record that you really like, you do it. You don't have to play it. <laughs> Bang on about it." <laughs> so I think I, I think I put it on repeat a few times. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's it, honestly yes is more. You know, less is always more. I think that's the yeah. You know. Let's face it; it's why Bohemian Rhapsody is not on our, any of our playlists and never likes yeah. it to be, is it? Yeah. Um, Just coming back to what Tony was saying before about Paul Brady, and probably Durant fits into that uh, that category. He's, he's a, a hero to me. I mean, I probably listened to him and Chuck Prophet and Ray Cooder, Joni Mitchell, and one or two others as a, as a constant. You know, just come back to them because I. I love the warmth that, uh, that that comes off his records, and haven't seen him perform a couple of times. He's he's funny. Uh, he's a modest sort of a bit quirky. I would say I was going to say very English, but he's he's Welsh. He, yeah. you, you know, he's he's not American. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How, how he goes on and the the irony in his uh, uh, in his voice. He's probably in that sense a bit like a, a bit like a Randy Newman in terms of how he expresses himself. But uh, so to me, he's he's like a hidden gem. Mm. So and then you look at it, and his uh, his list of on his CV: um, Van Morrison, Mark Knopfler, Status Quo, Paul McCartney, Shaken Stevens, where he first started off, Bill Wyman, uh, the Balam Alligators, which was uh, like a, a pub kind of band, uh, and with Nick Lowe for you know quite a few years as his mm. as his keyboard player. Um, so I would say he probably makes like a, a decent living, you know, for, from that. And occasionally he's had five five solo albums out, and uh, I love each one. That there's this great quality yeah. about each one of them, you know. And when I was talking about um, Bob Dylan as a wordsmith and poet, uh, I say Garant's played and recorded with Van Morrison, like another uh, highly regarded uh, lyricist. If not seen as kind of you know like the epitome of it, um, but I like to think that both Bobby and Van the Man, you know, secretly think I wish I had written only a rose. <laughs> yes. I wish I, I wish I could have kept it that simple. <laughs> and uh, just thinking about that that simplicity and uh, and lack of lyrics, you know, as a word. It's not an analogy, but I remember Miles Davis saying something like, and I'm not doing the, the Miles. Davis Grub voice, but, the, the, but something along the lines of the music is the silence between the notes. Uh, Same. Something profound. <laughs> and uh, But I, I guess the essence is that the songs don't have to be filled with lyrics. No. And students don't have to be overly busy with notes and being showy offy, you know. And we've gone, you know, like back in the day going through the. Uh, uh, the progressive rock, yeah, you know, where, oh my god, you know, uh, a flurry of, of guitar notes and on it goes and on it goes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there we are, you know, somebody who just can bring it back to the the essence of songwriting. Uh, yeah, a, a couple of uh, this. This is a, a, a as as a as an amateur songwriter. This is something that in, sort of engages me sort of constantly, um, and I think of things like. Big love, you know the John Hyatt song, or is it the? the yeah. you know It's it's two chords. It brings a third in when it sort of needs it, 
but mainly it's two chords and it's a very simple lyric and just a great song. Yeah. And I also think, you know, when you think of the all-time great pop songs, you know, God only knows. You're not having to work out what it's saying, are you? And it's not. No, it's, ah, no. there's, there's a, there's a, there's a. I think, I think, I think. What's the word I'm looking for? Analogy. There's an analogy in that. And if I think what he's really talking about is this, mm. it's like well, it's yeah, not that at yeah. all. It's just saying, God only knows where I'd be without you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get much sooner than that. And uh, and I think there's a real art. There's art to doing that. Absolutely. Mm. Which I haven't yeah. got. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, can you remember that thing? Um, I think I passed it, the Blues Kitchen, where yeah. he, he sings about three songs and he, he sings this with um, just playing guitar. And the guy says to him, you know, about Only a Rose and Wow, and what a song, and, yeah. you know, Bob Dylan and blah, blah, blah. And he, and he just said something like, well, it's not got many words, has it? <laughs> <laughs> no. And we, it would be very remiss of us, Charlie, not not to refer to any of the 15 million people who are listening to this podcast around the world to uh, to, uh, to to go and pay a visit to Garen Watkins's Facebook site. Yes, <laughs> where indeed. You, where from indeed. Time, where from time yeah. to time you will see him sat at his piano, piano oh, yes. with yeah. his little train running around the top of it. <laughs> telling stories and, and, and yeah. singing songs that uh, yeah. are so entertaining. It's uh, fantastic. So we should we should do that. Yeah. Can I finish up with yeah. this? It's uh, uh, can, did you see the film Amadeus? You know, uh, oh, I'm trying to think who, who did it. Anyway, Mozart and that name Mozart. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's a great film. It's a great comedy film. Co uh, tragic comedy is that is that like a genre? Probably. And uh, anyway, uh, it's it's on this theme about about complexity and simplicity. And he, there's a scene where he's just finished a, the premiere of, a, of an opera, and the Emperor of Rost, uh, of Austria is there, Joseph II. So everybody gathers on the stage. The Emperor is there. Mozart's like really excited. Um, the emperor is going to is going to speak to him. So, emperor, well, Herr Mozart, a good effort, decidedly that, an excellent effort. You've shown us something quite new today. Mozart bows frantically. He is overexcited. Mozart, uh, it is new. It is, isn't it, sire? Yes, indeed, says the emperor. So then, you like it? You really like it, your Majesty? Emperor, of course I do. It's very good. Of course, now and then, just now and then, it gets a touch elaborate. <laughs> uh, Mozart, what do you mean, sire? Well, well, uh, I mean, occasionally it seems to have, um, how shall one say, so he's, he's in difficulty here, and he, he turns to this other guy and says, uh, how would one say, uh, a director? And the director says, uh, too many notes, Your Majesty? <laughs> Mozart, I don't understand. There are just... Just as many notes, Majesty, as are required, neither more nor less. Emperor, my dear fellow, there are in fact only so many notes the, the, the ear can hear in the course of an evening. I think I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Uh, court composer? Court composer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, on the whole, yes, Your Majesty. Mozart, but this is absurd. 
Emperor, my dear young man, don't take it too hard. Your work is ingenious. It's quality work, and there are simply too many notes. That's all. Cut a few out, it'll be perfect. <laughs> Mozart, which few did you have in mind, Your Majesty? <laughs> Emperor, well, well, there it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fabulous scene. You could probably isolate that. It's probably on, on uh, YouTube. Yeah. It's so funny. So funny. Marvellous. Right. Well, I think that um, that's 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 great. I would say um, what I would say to anybody who is listening: the fifteen million. It might have gone up by 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 now. It's, that clock is turning rapidly. <laughs> that fast, I can't see it spinning round. Um, but this is one where, if you know, if the stories were interesting, that's good. But certainly, there's people to hunt out there. If you if you're looking, particularly in isolation times, to expand your playlists, you know. I'll certainly check out some of those Paul Brady albums that, that, that Tony talked about. Yeah. Uh, just like the sound of that. Morris and Matt, you're only looking for two two records, and one of those is on YouTube, uh, I think. But uh, great soul music, uh, they're like as good as anything. Absolutely, you'll you'll hear and voices. Uh, to, to, and finally, Grant Watkins. I've got I think three of his albums. They're just fantastic. They are just fantastic. And uh, also, you meant you, 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 um, Slim Chance, of course, he often guests with us yes. and, and does a yeah. fantastic uh, rendition of uh, Debris, of course, one oh, of those yeah. great songs. But, uh, so, Paul Brady, Morrison, Mike, Garen Watkins, go and get them downloaded. There will be a, there will be a three track playlist alongside this, which you can immediately download, but I'd go and hunt them out a little bit more. Okay, is that enough for, for now? And we'll sit down next week and we'll try and find another theme that's no doubt stretches even more. Do you think we'll still be in lockdown? <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> well, perhaps not when we record it, but by the time I've managed to edit it and we've got it out. <laughs> we'll be out. We'll be out. Okay, see you next time. See you. Right, bye. bye. It turns to blue